All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Simple Man's Guide to the Good Life. Uh, continuing on with our seminar series, I didn't record last week. I uh, took a week off, took a weekend to, to get away, do a little staycation with my girlfriend in uh, Fort Worth, which was really nice. So took a weekend off uh, recording for the podcast, but we're back, back at it. We're continuing on with the seminar series here. Um, we have gone over mindset, uh, meditation, mindfulness practice. We've gone over sleep. We've gone over movement. Now we're on pillar number four, which is everybody's favorite to talk about nutrition. Uh, the world of nutrition is one that is fraught with different ideologies, different thoughts around uh, different tribes, quite honestly. We're going to come from nutrition from, again, a holistic viewpoint, from a philosophy standpoint, from how uh, we want to think about our relationship with food. So um, Hippocrates, who uh, the Hippocratic Oath, Right? The father of modern medicine had a quote that our food should be our medicine and our medicine should be our food. Uh, so quite literally saying like our health, our, our medicine is what we ingest, what we eat. But of course, in the modern age, that is not the case, right? Food is uh, a commodity. It is a way to make money. It is a corporate multi-billion dollar business. Uh, you know, companies like Kellogg's and all of them, they have scientists and everybody trying to figure out the ways to make the most palatable, addictive food possible so that they can keep their shareholders happy, so that they can keep making money, right? Your health is not in their best interest. Keeping you addicted to their food is. So we have gotten very far away from this idea of our food being our medicine. But through thinking about food differently, thinking about our relationship differently, there are many ways we can get back onto this idea of having food be our medicine. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So the first thing is, again, how we think about these things. We want to think about eating, about uh, our mealtime as a practice. If we can start thinking about eating as a practice, as an experimentation, we can get out of this like all or nothing mindset with food, with diets, with the way we eat, with this idea of being on a diet and then failing, quote unquote, the diet. And that mind shift is really impactful when it comes to, to, to eating, right? Because we eat every day. And because we eat every day, multiple times a day, that means every single time we sit down to eat, we have a chance to experiment and learn, right? And what I mean by that is experiment with different foods. See how they make you feel. See how certain diets make you feel, right? And it's, it, it's maybe you start a diet and after three months, you didn't have the results or it didn't go the way that maybe your friend did. You're not a failure for that. It just means that this diet or this style of eating isn't for you. Don't give up. Try something new, right? Um, we have to look at this stuff as experimentation. You know, a food that might quote unquote be healthy for somebody else, you might be allergic to. Right? So we have to experiment with these things. We have to have this mindset of experimentation, of practicing, right? And doing that we learn and improve ourselves through what we eat. We start to learn what foods make us feel a certain way and we wanna prioritize those foods, right? Somebody might be killing it on the keto diet and you try it and you feel like trash and you go, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you, right? It just doesn't work for you. We also have to understand that eating is an emotional process. Anybody who tells you otherwise um, is gaslighting you. <laughs> it is an emotional process. Think about this, what's the first thing, if you've ever had, a, if you're listening and you've had kids, right, or we were all kids, but we probably can't remember this, babies more specifically, what's the first thing you do when you come into this world, right? Baby is crying, you, you feed, the mother feeds the baby and it stops the baby from crying. 
that is a sense of safety. Nourishment is a sense of safety. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Nourishment, food is literally like the base of that, that hierarchy. So the, this idea, especially again in modern westernized cultures where we are lucky to be able to have food pretty much on hand, we take for granted and we start to get into this mind frame that like food is fuel and, and we get this very scientific monostructural view of food which can be part of a diet and be part of a food philosophy. But if you get that point, you're really stripping away the beauty of meal times of food. And what food really is ultimately to be is nourishment, safety. It's meant to be emotional, right? We feel most safe when we're being nourished, but even more specifically, when we're being nourished by Mother Earth, right? We feel safe, um, in tune, calm, and relaxed when more often than not, our diet, right, our way of eating is in alignment with nature. So these are ways that we can kind of start to think about food differently, think about diets differently, think about our relationship with eating more specifically differently. And just that mind shift can set you on a completely different path maybe than you've ever had with nutrition. One of the things we run into in the modern world is what we call like modern food faults. Things that people try to do or maybe co coaches implement, but really they're, they're addressing symptoms and they're, they can cause more problems downstream as opposed to addressing the root issue, which is again, kind of more of how we think about food and our relationship with food. So, you know, one of the, modern, one of the main modern food faults in diet culture is yo-yo dieting. Right. I'm sure everybody listening has gone through trying different diets and, and you're killing it for three months and you're like, oh, my God, I've lost all this weight. And then inevitably you fall off of it. You gain all that weight back or maybe even more. And then it takes you starting another diet or doing another challenge to lose that weight. That's a problem. Right. That is not maintainable. That's not continuing to build healthy, uh, a healthy relationship with food or yourself, uh, your happiness. Your sense of self-worth is now derived from successful dieting, right? And that's, that's a fault. That's a diets, adherence to diets uh, are a solution to a symptom as opposed to the root cause of your relationship with food. Uh, processed foods. Okay, this one's obvious. We kind of talked about it. The commercialization of food has caused processed foods to run rampant because they're shelf-stable, they're highly addictive, uh, they hit all the, the dopamine uh, systems perfectly so it keeps you eating them um, and it, it keeps you eating that bag of chips when like you know logically you want to stop but you just can't seem to. That's to no fault of your own really that they've designed it as such, right? Seed oils, highly processed oils. Um, these are things that are cancer causing, are causing chronic illnesses. They're super, super... Um, hydrogenated uh, and just chemical compounds that like honestly it's a franken food you would not find this in nature in any way and it's causing a lot of problems from triglyceride levels being raised to to other issues stress eating so essentially using food as a numbing mechanism to addressing things in your life like there's a difference when i said emotion like eating is emotional versus emotional eating one is a recognition that like eating inherently will cause certain emotions in you 
and thinking about things a certain way. Using food as a coping mechanism, however, that is an unhealthy relationship with food. And really that gets back down to the core issue there. That should be an insight to you. Like what am I avoiding in my life right now by numbing myself with food? But that's, that's a modern issue, right? Excessive snacking, bored eating, again, using food as a cope, right? Desensitization to natural food. This one's very common, and maybe some of you listening have experienced this, where like you start a new diet, or you're like, I'm gonna start eating healthy, and healthy food tastes really bland to you, and it can make it hard to continue to do that. You're like, this chicken breast is so bland. This steamed broccoli is bland. Well, yeah, in comparison to the highly palatable top ramen or you know whatever it is the 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 chips that you're eating or whatever it's gonna be bland but if you continue if you fight through that little bit of uncomfortableness of eating something bland eventually you'll reset your taste buds and you'll reset your reward systems in your brain and that food will actually start to taste good your gut bacteria as well you'll start to reset your gut bacteria and you'll start craving those foods but in the beginning, we're super desensitized to it. If we've spent a lot of our childhood drinking sodas, eating high sugar foods, highly palatable foods, and now all of a sudden for the first time in like your 20s or whatever, you're trying to eat healthy. So if you're listening to this and that's you, I just encourage you to fight through that. And eventually there will be a time where all of a sudden you're craving that food. Um, another one that's very common is neurotic calorie tracking. So if it fits your macros, that can be part of a, a diet or part of a relationship with food if a healthy relationship has already been established. Unfortunately, again, this is what a lot of people will, will prescribe uh, to fix a symptom of unhealthy relationships with food. And it will, can, it will exacerbate that because again, we continue to look at food as this, this thing that's just fuel. All that matters is what's coming in versus what's coming out. I mean, if you've ever done If It Fits Your Macros, like back when it first came out in like the 2010s, 11s, I mean, people were saying like, yeah, well, Pop-Tarts fit my macros, bro, so it's, it's fine. Not taking into account the food quality whatsoever. And then you also have the type A personalities, me included, that anytime you do this, you're, again, your self-worth. You can finish a day and be like, oh my God, I went over on my macros. I'm a bad person. Is that building a healthy relationship with yourself and food? Of course not. So that's another one. And then finally, this like not allowed. Again, this idea that there's foods that are allowed and not allowed. Now, if you've taken the time to understand there are foods that make you, that you're allergic to, like obviously we want, <laughs> we want to limit foods that make us feel sick, right? But this idea that I'm adhering this diet and so this food that maybe I really want and doesn't make me feel sick or whatever, but it's just not allowed. Well, Who's to say if, if you are living intentionally and you're making intentional choices and you want to go out one night and you want to have dessert and you, feel, you would feel good about that choice, but now you can't because it said diet, again, continue. How long is that going to be sustainable? Right? There's a difference between making intentional choices and how you feel about it versus unintentionality. And that's one of the big things with food is a lot of the times the reason we feel guilty about the things we eat is because we unintentionally eat them, right? We, we have that dessert and maybe we really didn't want to, but we did it anyways, and then you feel guilty about it. It's not the dessert's fault. It's your unintentional actions in that moment versus that same scenario where I go out and I, I know I'm out and I'm having a fun time and I'm there to celebrate. And before I ever went out, I go like, listen, I'm going to have dessert tonight. 
it's meaningful to me to just like let loose and enjoy. And then I do it and on the back end of it, I feel fine. I'm like, yeah, that was an intentional choice. And what that allows me to do is not spiral, get right back on track the next day with how I wanna eat and not, again, add value judgment to myself as a person. So like these are the modern food faults and the results of that I've alluded to, right? We continue to build this disconnection to ourself and then to nature. We then give up our autonomy and now we have to rely solely on coaches, challenges, things outside of us. So again, we're not feeling confident in ourselves that we know what we're doing. We're not learning what's working for us and what's not. We get into that all or nothing mentality. Hey, when I'm on, I'm on and I'm killing it, but in three months, this is not gonna be sustainable and I'm gonna fall off and I'm just gonna binge eat or do whatever. And through that, you're robbed of growth and progress because again, you're giving yourself away, you're mindlessly following a plan without connecting dots. You continue to build a dysfunctional eating style and image. Again, if your self-worth is continually tied to how you look in the mirror or the scale, that's a problem. Again, that can be part of a greater self-love and self-image, but if that's one of the sole things you're basing it on, not sustainable. And again, at its core, these are solutions to the symptoms of the underlying problem and that, that underlying problem not being solved is your overall relationship and how you see food and eating in your life. So those are the modern food faults. One of the best ways then from there is like, okay, people will be like, all right, well, these are like, what do I do, Sean? What's, give me, give me something quick and easy to think about. One of the easiest ways to start kind of thinking differently about your food, what you should eat, etc. cetera, um, should I eat now, how much should I be eating, is just when, it's, when you feel hungry or when you think you wanna eat, is just asking yourself like three simple questions when it's around mealtime. Those three questions are, what are my energetic needs? What are my emotional needs? And are there any environmental triggers right now? And so let's go through those, right? What are my energetic needs? So what's my energetic state right now? And is my body in need of fuel, right? So I use this example a lot because a lot of a bored eating, right? Let's say some of you listening, you work a normal nine to five and you get to the middle of the day and you've been sitting most of the day and maybe you had breakfast, maybe you didn't, but all of a sudden you feel hungry in the middle of the day and you go, well, it's lunchtime, I guess it's time to eat. Well, check in, right? Are you really hungry? Or are you in need of fuel? Or is your body just like, hey, you need to do something. We're bored, do something. So a lot of times when people are hungry, I'll say, you know, if you haven't been moving around a lot, do like five minutes of movement. Get up and go walk for 10 minutes and see if you're still hungry. Do like five minutes of burpees. If you're still hungry, then yeah, you, you probably need food, right? Or if you did a crazy workout in the morning and three hours later you're hungry, yeah, yeah, your body's probably like, hey man, we need fuel. But if you haven't done much during the day and you're getting hungry, you should ask yourself like, am I hungry because of I'm bored? Am I actually hungry or am I bored? Is my body asking something of me, right? And this kind of goes into emotional needs. It, what's your emotional state right now? And is that affecting your appetite? Am I bored? Am I stressed, right? Am I um, anxious? And then, you know, emotional or environmental triggers. How am I being influenced by my surroundings? You know, so like the worst case scenario for this, for you to maybe go off the deep end with eating something is you've been sitting around 
most of the day, not doing much, you got into a, a heated conversation that left you feeling a little wary about two hours ago. And in your house, you know, right on, right on the countertop is a jar of cookies. How likely are you to eat that, that jar of cookies the moment you feel just a little bit hungry? Probably pretty big, right? But if, and, and most people don't connect the dots. They'll just go, well, I'm hungry and my body's craving these cookies. I'm gonna eat said cookie. Or in the same token, maybe kind of worse is they'll go, I can't eat that cookie because it's bad. Neither of those are great. I guess the second one's a little bit better because you're, there's some level of self-control, but you haven't connected any of the dots. You haven't sat there and asked why. Just taking the second to go at asking why am I craving cookies right now and then reflecting on these three questions, all of a sudden you can connect dots and make a different decision. You go, oh, I haven't moved around a lot today. I'm, my body's probably just asking for me to do something. And yeah, man, I know anytime like I get into a heated conversation, I'm left a little anxious and I know I like to eat my emotions and these cookies are right here. Bang, bang, bang. And, you've, and now you go like, I'm gonna go for a walk. And now you come back from the walk and maybe you're still hungry, but now that you've gone on the walk and you've cleared your head, you'll probably make a better decision, right? So there are three simple questions, but again, they start to build in that intentionality in your life and that level of self-awareness that so many of us don't bring to the choices we make, right? And you might go through that and you might still, and you might go, you know what, this cookie still, it, it, it sounds authentic to me right now. I hate using that, but, and the thing that will happen is you'll eat that cookie, you'll be intentional about it, You'll probably stop after one and you won't feel bad about it and you won't spiral. That's huge in and of itself, right? But you have to do the work before the action to feel good about the decision that you're gonna make. So you have these three questions and the biggest thing you from there you can do for your diet for nutrition, this is the biggest thing, I'm gonna repeat, this is the biggest thing you can do is to create your own food philosophy create your own unique diet. Not keto, not if it fits your macros, not intermittent fasting, it's creating your diet. Your food philosophy, what's your philosophy on food? What's your philosophy with your diet? What have you experimented with through the months and the years that you have found works for you? What food groups make you feel what way in what instances, right? And so to do this, we wanna have this mentality of like eating to win. Right, and eating to win is we alluded to it. It's every time I eat something, it's an opportunity for me to learn. I'm gonna eat this thing, and I'm gonna take the time to reflect on how it made me feel. Did it make me feel bloated? Did it make me feel energetic? Did it make me feel lean? Did it was it neutral? Right. So every time I eat, maybe I'm gonna try a new food, and in trying the new food, I'm not only gonna care about how it tastes, but I'm gonna care about how it makes me feel. It's also, then this one's very common, right? I'll talk to people and they'll say like, well, this food's not that bad, right? But a food that's not that bad is also not that good inherently, right? That's the idea of like playing not to lose, right? When you go out and you're making decisions not to lose, ultimately you lose, right? Because you're not taking chances, you're not, you're not committing, right? So this idea of eat to win is like, yes, in certain cases, maybe all you have is two choices and making the choice that's not as bad is, is of course better, right? But more often than not, we have more choices than the not that bad choice, 
right? It might take an extra layer of work for you to go to a different store or choose a different restaurant or do some work, but more often than not, we can make that good food choice as opposed to not that bad. And then finally, an idea of eating to win is this idea of, okay, with what I have right now, what do I have available to me right now that's gonna give my body the most while asking for the least in return, right? And so if, if in my pantry, all I have available to me is highly processed foods that I know are gonna make me feel like crap in a couple hours, that might tune you into like, maybe I need to do a overhaul of the food that I have in my kitchen, right? My environment is setting me up for failure here. Vice versa, if what I have available right now is some lean proteins or just vegetables, fruit, things that are gonna give my body nourishment and really not gonna, my body's gonna be like, we know what to do with this, right? So it's always asking yourself, what do I have available right now to give my body the most while asking for the least in return? That's like eating to win, right? And then probably the biggest one is eating with intention, right? Everything I've kind of talked about today is having intentionality. So it's every time we eat, what we're eating, there's attention and awareness around what's going in and then what's going in, how it's making me feel. It's connecting the dots, right? It's then being present with that food, trying to limit distractions, right? How's the food smell? How's it making me feel? Oh, I feel full after a couple, right? Like, but the only way we, we know these things is by being present with our food. So much of our day with food is spent working, scrolling social media, watching TV, right? Now, some people will ask, does that mean I can't eat with other people? No, food is meant to be communal. There's a difference there, right? When we're eating and we're sharing stories of the day or whatever, um, you can still be present with that. And, and a lot of times even more so, right? Because you're probably in a decent mood uh, communicating with others and, and, and the food is almost aiding in that. And in that, like being intentional and present is, is you're chewing your food, you're, you're taking your time. This is a huge one for me. Again, being fully transparent, I eat too fast, right? And when you eat too fast, you're not taking the time to slow down and enjoy the food, to digest the food better. I mean, when you slow down, you chew more, and when you chew more, you'll digest more, right? But using mealtime as a way to just slow down your day. I mean, think about, for some of you, when you eat, you're eating at your desk, still doing work. Well, okay, if that's absolutely what you have to do, at least slow down. If that's the only chance you're going to have during the day to like slow down and calm down, you might as well take it. And then again, like I said, connect dots, always connect dots. You had a meal and for whatever reason, two hours later, you feel like trash. Well, connect the dots. Why? Was there something different about that food or there may be some ingredients do you notice every time you seem to have dairy, you feel bloated and you break out in acne? Well, maybe we work through limiting that, right? Um, our food, what we eat, has probably one of the biggest impacts on how we feel. And again, because it's emotional, uh, more so than, than almost anything. And if we take the time to connect dots, you can see within days a huge change in your energy, in your happiness, in how you feel by just making different decisions. But to do that meaningfully, you have to be intentional. And then finally, it's this idea of eating for the outcome, 
right? It's this, what we've talked about, right? So many people will go, what do I want to eat? What sounds good? You should ask yourself, how do I want to feel in the next hour, two hours, three hours, right? So instead of saying, what do I want to eat? Ask yourself, how do I want to feel, right? So let's say you eat breakfast and you know how, what you eat is going to impact how you feel in the next three hours. Well, how do you want to feel in three hours? Do you want to feel really energetic? You want to feel uh, like you can work? Okay, well, if you've experimented and you've done all these things that we've talked about, you should have certain foods that you know make you feel that way. At night, right, you want to have a good dinner and you know you want to sleep well. Well, what foods help you sleep, make you feel maybe tired and, and groggy? And it's going to be different for everybody. I know, like, you listen to Andrew Huberman and he's like, well, you have to have a lot of carbs because that increases serotonin and that will make you tired. Yeah, maybe for some people, but for other people, I know they have, like, nothing but protein at night and they pass out hard. Neither of those are right or wrong. It's right or wrong for, the di for a different person. It takes you experimenting to figure that stuff out. It's this understanding when you're choosing your food, you're choosing your mood, right? So when I choose to eat, uh, I know for me personally, I, I'm talking personally here, when I make a decision to eat like processed sugar, and sometimes I make that choice, nine times out of 10 within 20 minutes, my anxiety is higher for me personally. That might not be for you. So, so I know I have to make a decision there. Like this is going to taste really good. And in the short term, I'm going to, I'm going to love it. My dopamine, oh, I'm going to feel great for five minutes. Am I okay within the back end in the next 30 minutes feeling like I have higher anxiety? Maybe, maybe the trade-off is there. Same thing, right? I will intentionally choose to drink alcohol. I'm not alcohol free, but I'm also not, I don't drink alcohol every night. I now have what I call an intentional relationship with alcohol. I will make a decision to drink alcohol knowing full well on the other end what, like, how I'll probably feel the next day. And what that allows me to do is just be intentional with my choice around it, knowing that like, okay, like I'm intentionally making this choice to drink tonight. I'm doing it because X, Y, and Z, whatever it speaks to me. And I know I'll feel a certain way tomorrow. That opens me up to not feeling guilty for it, to accepting how I feel the next day, and then the next day not spiraling and just moving on with my life, right? And then that allows me to also know, like, I don't want to drink tonight because I want to experience this social interaction without alcohol, and I just want to see what that feels like, and I want to see what my mood is like with that. Oh, why is it that if I don't have alcohol, I seem to have more anxiety and social, like, right? So it's just understanding when I choose what's going into my body, I'm deciding to choose my mood and how I'm going to show up in the next couple hours or even the next day. And one of the easiest, well, easiest, one of the best ones you can ask yourself when you're trying to make a change in your life with your relationship with food is, does the person I envision my, the person I envision myself to be, do they eat like this, right? And here's the deal. That doesn't mean... Well, the person I envision is 100% perfect and they always make the right decision with food and they're always eating like this. No, it's, it's for me, again, I'm going to talk personally. The person I envision is somebody who has a great relationship with food, who 80% of the time is adhering to a whole foods diet, fueling his body, feeling good, and 20% of the time goes buck wild, has desserts, drinks, and just enjoys it. That's the person I envision. And so because of that, on a Saturday or something, if I go out, I feel really good about making a decision to 
eat sloppy, quote unquote, and I'm okay with the outcome the next day because I'm still eating in line with the person I envision, who is somebody who more often than not is eating well, eating the way we talked about, but every once in a while likes to go a little ham, you know, go a little buck wild, get a little silly, get a little loose, because that's just like who I want to be. I want to be somebody that can adhere to his food philosophy, but opens himself up for the reality of life, which is I want to experience life. And a lot of times experiencing life is going out and, and having fun. And that is allowing myself to not even worry about what's going inside of my body in those moments. So do, does the person I envision eat like this? Do they do these things? All right, so that's the idea with that. Um, and then from there, the nutrition practice like the one-on-one, -on -one, um, if, if you were to want to do one-on-one -on -one with me, again, there's always an opportunity for people to do one-on-ones with me. If you're listening to this and you want to reach out, you want to do a one-on-one, -on -one, um, you can do that. Again, uh, Sean at UpreachCrossFit.com is my email. Um, the one-on-one, -on -one, what we would do is we would use different protocols, different habit building things to mess around with your nutrition and just kind of figure out what's working for you, what's not. We would help uh, incorporate different ways of thinking about your nutrition. We would use your nutrition practice to then aid in things like sleep, things like your movement practice, right? So it's, it's that holistic approach. Um, and, and we would just continue to build a whole new way of looking at nutrition and that's where we would start. And then for some people, they do like to get into macro counting, but I do not start there because as we talked about, I, I view that as a tool that needs to be layered on top of all an already new way of thinking about food, healthy relationship with food. I will not give somebody macros right off the bat. I just won't do that. And sometimes if somebody's coming in in a really bad spot with nutrition, I won't even give it to them in my three month plan of lifestyle coaching. It won't be until I feel like they're in a really good spot. They've completely overhauled their relationship with nutrition. Um, because again, I'm just wary of what mac macro counting can do to somebody's view of food and eating and uh, can become very neurotic and, and unhealthy in my opinion. But you know, if you're coming in with already a decent relationship and we get to a spot where like, you're thinking about food differently, you're di making different choices, and you feel in alignment with who you want to be, then we can talk about macros. But that's what a one-on-one -on -one setting would be. Again, if you are interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching with this, I implore you to reach out to me. You can email me, sean at upreachcrossfit.com. You can DM me on Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram yet, you can. My personal account is srandy25, but my um, business account, right, the, the podcast account, Simple Man's Guide to the Good Life, and you can DM me there, and I would love to talk to you and maybe book a call and see if we'd get a, be a good match for each other. So... Nutrition, I hope maybe you take away something different to think about with nutrition from this. You start to think more intentionally about your eating practice and your relationship with food. And um, yeah, hope you got something out of it. I hope you guys have a great week. We'll be back next week to talk about relationships, kind of the last core pillar of things we need to work on and optimize in a modern society. So hope you guys have a great week and we'll be back next week. All right, guys. See ya.